Welcome to the Rare Faith Podcast, where the solution to every problem is only an idea away, and where the same activity with just a little more awareness always yields better results. Award-winning, best-selling author, Leslie Householder, brings some of her best information to this inspiring series of life-changing episodes that you won't want to miss. Show notes for this episode can be found at ararekindoffaith.com. I'm glad to be here, partly because when I was in the middle of the challenges, and those, they don't go away, there's always something to challenge us, but remembering back to some of my most difficult challenges, coming through on the other side of it and getting an epiphany that changes my whole paradigm on what I experienced and learning something from that, it kind of makes it okay that it happened if I can share what we learned and have it save somebody some pain. Hopefully you'll be able to take from it some lessons that we took and see a change even this week, even today, because of what what we talk about. It seems that the goals, they're big, they're exciting, they're specific, they're awesome. The obstacles, it's frustrating when you have these goals and you know what needs to happen for them to be accomplished. And so often it requires something happening outside of your direct control. It requires people responding in certain ways. It requires resources being there that maybe you don't know where they're going to come from right now. If we could sum up what obstacles are, it's not having direct control over what happens. People have agency. Resources seem limited sometimes. Life gets in the way. We get stressed about other concerns where maybe we'd love to just spend all of our time pursuing our dream and passion, that there's dishes to be done, there's problems to solve, there's, you know, all of these things. And so what I have come to realize is that every worthy goal, every worthy accomplishment is technically on paper impossible. (laughs) Because if you were to weigh out everything that needs to happen against all the time that you have to work towards it or all the resources you have to put towards it, on paper, it's impossible. And so what every one of you are looking to do is accomplish something, quote, unquote, impossible. And so the good news is, the good news is, is that even though it appears impossible, it is not. And you know that. You know that it's not impossible because you've seen other people accomplish those goals. And so you're just looking for, well, what is that secret sauce? What is it that I can change about the way I think or the things I say or what I do or how I manage my time that's going to make it all click? Well, a few things that I want to tell you right up front is, number one, what you're trying to accomplish is bigger than you. And what I mean by that is every good thing has a grand influence orchestrating those good things. And whether or not we get to participate in that grand design is up to us and how much faith, determination, belief we bring to it. But it's being orchestrated with or without us. And I want you to view your world in that context that what you're trying to make happen already wants to happen. It's already trying to come about those relationships that are going to create so much good for so many people, those 
lives that are going to be changed because of those associations, those things are already trying to happen. But we get in the way of it. We get in the way of participating in that miracle when we have doubt, when we have fear, when we are so wrapped up in worrying about what people think of us or when we're self-consumed in our insecurities. But they don't go away just by the snap of their fingers, and I understand that, and I know that. I'm just saying this so that you can trust and ponder upon the truth of that. See if you can feel for yourself whether or not that is true. Is there a grand design orchestrating all good associations, all solutions that can be brought to families with what you have to offer? Are there families out there praying for answers that what you have can solve? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it it can be interesting when you think, well, if this is supposed to happen and if this is something that wants to happen, if people really need what I have, why is it so hard to make those connections? Why is it so hard to put that structure together? Well, some things that are kind of interesting. Let me share with you two stories. First story is there was a young man who was in an airport and he was looking for a place to plug in his phone. His phone wasn't dead, but he had some time to kill while he was waiting for his next flight. And he was looking for a place to plug it in. Well, every kiosk that uh, was for charging phones was filled. And so he kept looking, kept looking, and he, he ended up having to walk down the corridor quite a ways to finally find one that was open. Finally found one. And it was kind of far away from where he needed to be, but he had plenty of time, so he thought he'd plug in and just wait and then get back to where he needed to be. So he plugs it in, and as he's sitting there, pretty soon he sees a woman at the desk speaking with an agent, and she was frantic. She was talking very excitedly. Her body language was showing she was upset, very upset about something, and the agent was trying to help her, but there was communication problems, and she couldn't get through the young man could hear. She had, she kept saying the word Mongolian, and so obviously she was speaking Mongolian and looking for help in her language and couldn't speak English. Well, because he had had a friend who had service mission in Mongolia and knew he could speak the language, he got on his phone, called his friend, and said, hey, there's someone here who's uh, really upset and frantic and apparently speaking Mongolian. Do you think you could help maybe translate for the poor agent and help solve this problem? And so he said, sure, no problem. So he gets on the phone. The young man hands it to the woman and, and, and looks at her and says, Mongolian, and convinces her to take the phone and listen. Well, as he's watching, he can't hear what's going on. He can't hear the conversation. But as he's watching, the woman, her demeanor calms down, but pretty soon she bursts into tears again. And he thought, goodness gracious, what happened? Pretty soon the woman, she was able to give the phone to the agent. The agent was able to see what was needed. Her problem was solved. She was smiling again and and was on her way. Well, the young man who had the phone was very confused. He gets back on the phone with his friend who who knew how to speak Mongolian. He says, what was that? And the friend on the phone bursts into tears and can't hardly talk. Finally, he calms down long enough to say, That is a woman that I taught in Mongolia and worked with her entire family. I knew her. I knew her. We knew each other. And they had that sweet reunion. 
And not only that, but she was on her way to the training center where she was going to do a similar service mission in following his example. And so it was it was a wonderful, wonderful tender mercy that showed the both of them that there is someone orchestrating everything that we need to accomplish all that we are trying to do that is good. Now, here's a second story. Some of you are familiar with this one because I believe it is in my book, Hidden Treasures. But at a time when we were, we lived in California and had just discovered these principles in the connection between our thoughts and what shows up in our world, I thought I would experiment with that. And I thought, you know, I really want a big chunky wooden headboard for this particular room. It seemed so barren and, and I thought that would just make it feel more like home. And so I exercised the principles. I, I closed my eyes. I imagined how it would feel to have that, to uh, imagine what it would look like to have that. And I, and I tried to generate the answer to the question, how will it feel when? Because you understand, if you were to close your eyes and imagine the goals you're trying to accomplish, having accomplished them, and answer the question, how will that feel? You can only answer that question with a feeling. There's not words that are sufficient for the feeling. We can say, oh, it will feel great. We can say, oh, that will be amazing. Those are words to describe the feeling, but to really answer that question, you have to feel it. It has to be a feeling. We're going to talk a little bit more about that soon, but I did that with this chunky headboard, and I put it out of my mind. Now, that's a key here. That's a key here. I put it out of my mind. I planted the seed, and I didn't spend a lot of time trying to figure out where or how or what I was going to do to make that happen because I was busy. I had other responsibilities I had to attend to. And so I did. I was attending to those other responsibilities. And then one day as I'm driving into town to go get groceries, I had a thought at the crossroad that said, turn left instead of right this time. Both of them was going to get me to town. They kind of fanned out and came back together on the other side of the valley. And so I thought, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Get me there at the same time. So I took a left. Now, I didn't say, oh, I just noticed an impression. I think I will follow it. It wasn't that conscious. It was, huh, go left. Okay. And I did. And as I'm going down into this valley, I come up over a little hill, and off to the side of the road was a large wooden chunky headboard, just like I had imagined. And I pulled over really quick. And I ran up to the door and I said, what? Why is that out there? She said, well, I'm, I'm hoping the trash will pick it up, but it's kind of big. I'm not sure they will. And I said, could I have it? And she said, well, sure. And I threw my arms around her. And it wasn't so much because I got a chunky headboard. It's because I had evidence that the principles were true. And I thought, man, if I can do that with the decoration in one of my bedrooms, what could I do with my life? And that's when my husband and I really began to dream and visualize how we wanted our life to look. We wanted to live back in Arizona where our extended family was from. And yet at the time we didn't have a way to do that, but that was our goal. And we set the goal, we imagined how it was going to be, and and we had heard act as though. So we started making our preparations. Long story short, we decided we were going to just move. We were going to just make it happen. My husband didn't have a job in Arizona, but he was working two and a half hours away in Burbank, and his commute being two and a half hours was actually going to be longer than it would have taken to just fly home and commute by plane from Arizona to Burbank, either once a week or as needed. But that was back when flights were a lot cheaper. Anyway, 
So that was our plan, and we put the house up for sale. We came out, and we put money down on a house out here. We had our goodbye party. We said our goodbyes, and the house wouldn't sell. Finally, since things were not going the way we thought they should, exercising the principle the best we knew how, we had to take that failure as feedback and analyze it and look at, okay, what we thought would work isn't working. How can we adjust this? And here's another key I want you to write down. What you think you need isn't probably exactly what you need. And what I mean by that is in order to accomplish your goals, you think you need people, you think you need sales. Well, that is absolutely going to be a part of the success, it is not what you need. All you really need is the next idea that will lead you to it. Remember, it's all being orchestrated already. How to participate is get in touch with those ideas that will solve the problems that you face. And the solution to every problem is only an idea away. And how quickly can you get an idea compared to how quickly can you get a new person enrolled? Or how quickly can you generate $1,000 in sales? Sometimes when we look at what needs to happen, it can be overwhelming, it can be discouraging, it can seem impossible, when really all you really need is to be guided with the right thoughts to do and say the right things. And so if I were to give you the formula, it would be, what do you want that goal for? Why is it important to you? What will this do for you? And if you can think about the reason and focus on that, spend some time imagining how that's going to feel, put yourself in that place in your mind. I'm telling you, I know some of you will do this. Most of you probably won't. And let me tell you why I know that. Because for seven years, my husband and I were in an organization attending events every month for seven years. I counted up more than 100 events that were teaching us goal-setting principles, strategies for business development, personal development, all of that, all of that really empowering, motivating, building information. And I cannot tell you how many times I was told, picture what you want. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, I know I got that, got that, but what do I do? How do I speak to the prospect? Picture what you want, dream big. Yeah, 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 I got that, but how do I schedule my time? I was always looking to break down the process so that I could manage my time better so that I could balance my family life better. I was in the details and not enough in the dream. Some of you who have read The Jacobus Factor, I hope you'll remember at the beginning that talks about the difference between taking certain steps versus chasing a goal or chasing a dream. You know, the whole principle of The Jacobus Factor is spotting the rabbit and letting it lead you inspired leaders are going to tell you step-by-step things that you can do to build your business. And some of you will follow those steps step-by-step. And some of you will succeed because of it. But in my experience, I have found that the, the success that comes when you're partnering with unseen help to orchestrate all the parts and pieces that need to come together in order to do it in such a way that you don't burn out, in such a way that you don't 
ruin your family life in the process, in a way that you don't ruin your health in the process, in the way that you hold everything else together in the process, you need that unseen help. You really do. And so to partner with that unseen help is going to be how to keep all of the the good things in your life growing. And so you do that, you partner with unseen help by spotting the rabbit, by creating the vision. Some of you have experimented with this by imagining what it's going to be like to cross stage and receive that award. I had those goals too. And we did cross stage and we did receive those rewards. But on the other side of it, the money wasn't there to represent that goal because we were more focused on the recognition than we were on what we thought that recognition would mean in our family life. It doesn't always work out that way. And I'd like to save you some pain and discouragement by hopefully helping you understand this early. One day I was so discouraged and so frustrated that things hadn't turned out the way we expected them to that I was bitter. I was cynical. I was a little bit angry at all the speakers who had told us, dream big, picture what you want, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, they had my money because I attended the seminar. You know, they were happy because they had what they wanted. But all I got out of it was hope and then two weeks later, sheer frustration and discouragement all over again. And so I was a little bit bitter. I'm like, I think this is probably a racket. You know, they're getting paid to tell us to have hope. But where's the money for me? How's that going to ever come? And so in this bitterness, I decided, you know what? Picture what you want. Dream big. Fine. I will. So I went to bed. I'm like, I'll show them. I'm just going to check out. (laughs) And I'm going to pretend like I have the life I want. Um, If I can't have it in reality, I'm just going to check out. And this was my psychological um, self-preservation. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, oh, Leslie, you're so pathetic. Has it really come to this? Are you going to become the escapist, you know, have this escapist mentality and not really face your problems and not really do the work that needs to be done? You're just going to escape into a fantasy land. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. That's where I'm going next because I've had it. So I went to bed, and I had uh, two children at the time. One was four, one was two. They were just playing on their own, getting their own food, and watching themselves while I went to bed. And I laid there, and I thought, you know, I want to be in a home. At the time, we were in this little little apartment in a not-so-great part of town with cigarette smoke coming through the walls from our neighbors. We were not smokers, so that was not a pleasant experience. And it, it constantly constantly gave me evidence that life was not the way I wanted it to be. But as I laid there, I closed my eyes and thought, picture what you want. Okay, well, picture what I want. I want to be in a house. I want a yard. And what would that feel like? I don't even know. What would that, how would that feel to actually be in the house I want? I have no idea. Yeah, we'd been dreaming, you know, like they taught us to. We'd been going to the home shows. We'd been walking through the homes. We'd been looking at the magazines. We'd been keeping keeping images in front of us of what we wanted. But, you know, deep down, I didn't believe that we really could. I had a hard time believing that. They told me we could, but I wasn't so sure because everything we tried had failed. And so in this exercise, I was 
thinking, what would that feel like? It wasn't enough to just say that I'd feel awesome. I had to feel it. I had to feel it. You know, your subconscious mind cannot distinguish the difference between an experience that is real and one that is imagined. And in order to generate feelings, which is a chemical reaction in your body, in order to trigger that chemical reaction, you have to convince your subconscious mind that you're experiencing something real. And you can do that through conscious thought. And so as I laid there and I tried to put on the screen of my mind the picture of a house belonging to us. And did I see myself in the picture? Was I looking at me in that image? No, because I was in it. So it's like I put my hand forward and I could see my hand in front of me, but I was in it. I wasn't seeing a picture of me in it. I was in it. And I imagined, you know, coming from home, coming home from groceries and walking up to the door, I imagined myself turning the knob and feeling, this is my home. I have a house of my own. And I open the door and the kids come running up from behind me, just about make me drop some groceries because that's what always happens. And, and, I, and I come walking in and there's and straight ahead of me I see this, this living room and I know off to the left it's got a, a runaround over to the kitchen. And, and, and it had a runaround, which means the children didn't just have dead ends, that they had places that they could cycle. <laughs> My mom had taught me that that's very important when you're raising children to have a home with a runaround. And so it had that. And I remember just feeling at home and thinking, man, did it. We have a home. And I felt that for just a few moments, but I felt it. And I kind of enjoyed that feeling for a while. And I let myself get lost in it. Probably lasted 30 seconds, (laughs) realistically. And then someone needed something in the other room. So I get up and and I go about my business. And I start just getting back to life. And I didn't know I had done anything significant. In my mind, I just kind of escaped. (sighs) Found some relief. That's where I'm going to go to find relief when I need it. I'm going to go into my la-la land just to get relief from reality because reality is so hard sometimes. I just can't face it all the time. So I'm going to go to la-la land once in a while. A year later, things had shifted for us and we found ourselves living in our first home things had shifted at work some people out in california we were living in arizona at the time i had this little daydream session Um, some people in california at another branch of my husband's work had quit both people in that one department had quit they needed someone to babysit that until they could find someone to hire well he'd been kind of working temporarily at the plant in arizona and they said hey could you go babysit this place for a while until we find someone to replace them and it's like sure he went out there Um, they actually liked him they decided to move us out they covered our expenses for the move they um, put us up in a hotel they sent us to Disneyland they put us up in an apartment while we looked for a home all of these things we had never ever in our life been treated that way before because we were coming out of being starving college students, window washing, 
janitorial work. I don't think you, most of you probably know this, but one of my jobs when we were newlyweds and we had one baby was I was, we were doing custodial work late at night. You know, we'd go to our business meetings that sometimes lasted late into the night. And then afterwards, before get, before coming home, we'd have to stop at, off at all the office buildings and empty their trash and do the vacuuming and everything else. And then we'd get up and we'd either be going to school or, or work the next morning and all this while trying to build a business. But one of those accounts was the office buildings of Stephen Covey, Sr. And I have emptied his trash many times. I've never met him. I know he has passed away since. But at the time, it was a dream-building session for me just to be in his office. Talk about wealth of all kinds, not just monetary. But in emptying his trash one day, I found a bookmark that said, I want to know God's thoughts. The rest are details. A quote by Albert Einstein. And I took that and I brought it home with me. And something about that really struck me. I want to know God's thoughts. The rest are details. What does God think about what I'm trying to accomplish? What does God think about your business and what you're trying to accomplish? Does it do good? Does it serve him? And I apologize. If you don't believe in God, forgive me. This is my speak. This is where I come from, and so that's what I do. But uh, translate it as necessary to your belief system. But if it's good, it's good. And why wouldn't he want it to happen? The only thing that gets in the way is our belief. We participate in the miracles that are going to happen for someone when we step in with our belief. Now, that's hard. How do you do that if you don't know how to believe? How do you believe in it if you're not sure if it's going to... How can you believe in something if you're not sure if it's going to happen? You want to know it's going to happen before you believe in it, right? Well, that's not how it works. It happens because you chose to believe. It will happen as you choose to believe. And here's something that I got wrong. Because I had, in my past, I had accomplished very, very difficult goals because I had been super impassioned, super strong, actively believing, confident, just empowered, and I had seen things happen because of that. Well, I concluded from those experiences that that's what was required every time. But as the family started coming along and our lives got busy and our responsibilities increased, having that kind of focus that I had in college when I was single, <laughs> without a job and just going to school and da 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 da, that time and that focus and that concentration and that effort that I used to put into goals and achieving them. It, I, it was not possible any longer. You know, I'd, I'd get into this place of, of really creating a dream and then some kid, one of my kids would throw up. Or, you know what I'm saying? They're, just to be able to focus. Ah, it wasn't possible anymore. And so I, I stopped achieving goals like I used to be able to. And I concluded that it, because I just wasn't putting enough energy into it. I just wasn't, I didn't have enough time to put the work into it. I didn't have the focus to stay focused on it. Oh, I found out that's not true. That that was not 
that was not the factor that had gone sour. The factor that had gone sour is that I lost belief that I could accomplish it because of all of the obstacles that were in my way. Well, I can achieve goals when there's not all these obstacles. But when there's all these obstacles, it's impossible. That's what turned off the magic. It wasn't what was happening. It was how I viewed. It's how I viewed what was happening. That's what killed it. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what obstacles you have, no matter what the evidence is, your goal can still happen depending upon how you feel about those obstacles. If you look at those obstacles and say, man, this is, this is, this, there's no way to make this happen. Look at what's happened. Look at look at these trips to the ER that we've had to take. There hasn't been time to prospect anybody. I haven't had time to follow up with so-and-so. I haven't, you know, it's not that it didn't happen. It's how you felt about what didn't happen. And so you can look at those obstacles and say, isn't that interesting? Look at what's showing up to keep me from accomplishing these things. But you know what? I've planted the seed and read Hidden Treasures again, Chapter 1, Law of Perpetual Transmutation, to remember what that means to plant the seed. I planted the seed that moment that I imagined myself experiencing the success and I felt it. If you felt it, you successfully turned it over to your subconscious mind already. It's already in the works. It's already in the works. So when the obstacle shows up, you say, huh, isn't that interesting? This is here and it's testing me to see if I can believe anyway. Well, I choose to believe that by the law of polarity, the more difficult the circumstances, the worse the problem is, the greater the reward. You know, use that book, Hidden Treasures, as your guide to know how to think when you don't know what to think. Because as long as you make that choice in in each of those moments that keeps belief, then those things being orchestrated are still on their way to you. Now... Here's the thing about belief. It doesn't have to be that intense, passionate, ever strong, intense. (laughs) It doesn't have to be like that, the way I used to think it had to be. All it has to be is a teeny, teeny, teeny little bit of belief with the absence of doubt. Those are two different things. Doubt is an action. It's something you do. It's not something that happens to you. It's something that you do. And when you feel it, you can consciously reject it and say, if you have to, speak it out loud, I choose to believe. I'm not going to believe because it will happen. It will happen because I believe. And so let me give you some other just some tidbits, some things to help you stay in this, in this mindset because it's the mindset that changes everything. It's the mindset that determines how you respond to those obstacles. It's the mindset that determines whether or not you're going to find the solution to the problem you face right now. So I had said, you think you need people. You think you need the resources. You think you need these things. But when all you really need is the right idea, well, how do you get that idea? And what am I talking about? For example, we're presently working on some goals of our own. And those goals require people to to buy into our 
offering what we have to offer. But I am going crazy every day getting things done just with my own family life. We have seven children. I homeschool. Five of them are still at home. Uh, We run this business. We have other responsibilities in the community. There's just a lot going on. But I know that I have planted the seed for where we're going because of those times that I have meditated upon that vision and planted the seed by allowing myself to feel it. Check that off the list. The seed has been planted. Now, all I have to do is make sure I don't pull up the seedling by doubting it. In other words, I don't say, oh, no, I wonder if that's not going to happen now. Uh-uh. Nope, take that out. I know it's going to happen. doesn't always happen in the right time. By right time, I mean in the time frame that I expect it to be or that I declare it to be. Sometimes it doesn't because, honestly, there is a law of gestation and you want it to come fully formed. Just like a woman who is pregnant with a baby, she wants that baby really bad. But if she sets the day, I'm going to have a baby in four months, she'd be foolish and she doesn't even know she's being foolish. She should want the baby when it's fully formed, right? And so most importantly is to focus on the vision of what the final outcome is going to look like, what family life is going to look like, how that's going to feel, what it's going to feel like to be free to do all those things that you can't do right now because you're spread so thin doing these things you don't want to do. Focus on where you're going, how that's going to feel. Doing that plants the seed. And then go about your busy life. Do those busy things. Help your kids with their homework. Do all of those things knowing, trusting, believing, imagining that there are unseen things taking place right now that are orchestrating those acquaintances that are going to be made, Those all that. And in fact, instead of telling you what to do, I'd like to help you do it right now. We are on a call that's muted, so it's going to be quiet for just a little bit. I want you to pick something about the future that you hope to experience. And I'm going to encourage you that it not be crossing a stage for an achievement. Again, that will be part of it, as it needs to be for the lifestyle. But it's the lifestyle goals, it's the relationship goals, it's that life experience that you're trying to create that is going to be the most rewarding, the longest lasting, and the rest of it will be a byproduct. All of those, the, the acknowledgement, the, the, even the money, even the money, don't set a money goal. And before we begin this exercise, let me give you an example of why setting the right kind of goal is so important to initiating that power of the unseen help. We had been told that if we showed 150 presentations in our business back 20 years ago, If we just showed 150 presentations, we would achieve this certain rank and be earning $2,000 a month passive income guaranteed because nobody in the history of the whole organization had ever done 150 presentations and not made that much money. We thought, whoa, awesome. So I made a card, 8.5 by 11 card with 150 squares, and every time we showed a presentation, I put a smiley face on it. And we were so excited because we knew at the end of this we were going to be making $2,000 a month and we'd have this rank. And at the end of filling out that card, we were no further along in our business than we were when we started. I think we were the first people to prove that theory wrong. Oh, you can imagine my frustration. But when I realized these principles later, when we realized the principles that I teach in Hidden Treasures and we started applying them to the T. In three months, we tripled our income after seven years of this pain. 
But what I realized is that my goal had been to fill in the card. Did I achieve my goal? Yay, woohoo, I filled in the card. I did it. I achieved it. <laughs> and what this means is the people that we showed the presentations to were people who were kind enough to let us show them a presentation. While people in the organization next to us were showing 150 presentations and making $2,000 a month, they were showing presentations to people who wanted what they had to offer. Well, how did they make those connections? How were they led to those people? They had different kinds of goals. They had a vision for their future. They had a vision for their lifestyle, and it was that lifestyle that was their rabbit, and they were chasing the rabbit. And so some of the things they'd say to people were not by the script. They were unconventional. Sometimes the things they said were outright stupid, but you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person, and you cannot say the right thing to the wrong person. The kind of people that show up in your world are going to be the kind of people that fit the vision that you're trying to create for your life. They'll fit the vision for it. Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your thoughts? Are your thoughts mostly frustrated with the way things are or are they mostly excited about what's possible? So let's do this exercise. For the next, we'll go maybe a couple minutes, at least one minute, where I want you to close your eyes and I want you to live the dream that you want to create. And what that looks like, if you if you think that means a new home, then don't picture the home. Picture yourself walking through the home. Maybe picture yourself walking into it the first time after actually receiving the keys and having closed on it. Maybe it's uh, waking up in the morning and looking up at the ceiling in that home. Maybe it's walking into the kitchen and making your favorite dish and putting it on that table. And the smells involve all the senses that you possibly can in your day-to-day life in that new environment or with that, with those relationships or whatever it may be. So I'm going to set you loose. Go ahead and close your eyes and start building that picture. And build it and live it until you feel it as though it's true.
Okay. Hopefully you were able to feel something. And if you did, I want you to know this. You just altered something in the world around you, the the relationships you know, the people you have yet to meet. You just altered something by doing that. Something changed because you did that. In fact, what changed is everything you need to realize that vision began to gather and is still gathering right now. And it's still gathering even more right now. It's still gathering. Now, here's where people mess this up. Tomorrow, you're going to look around and you have a choice. Some of you may say, I wonder if it's still gathering. No, don't even bother. It is still gathering. Know it. I'm telling you, it's gathering. It's gathering. Now, I had said before to just go about your day knowing that things are gathering for you. Your radar is already up, whether you know it or not. Because you did that, next time you're in the elevator with somebody, you'll be either inspired to say hi, or if not, you may be led to think something else in that moment. But with that vision in place and with that seed planted with the emotion that you felt, you just tuned yourself into a higher level of thinking. Albert Einstein said that the significant problems we face in life cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. So if the things that you've been doing haven't been working, the thoughts that caused you to do those things were on a certain level of thinking and the results will be a level to match it. By holding this vision, by believing you have planted a seed, by choosing to believe that things continually are gathering for you, Choosing to believe that, not wondering. It's true. Just trust me on that. It's true. Things are gathering for you. The right people are getting curious about what you have. The right people are having life experiences that are waking them up to needing something different than the solutions they've been trying. They're starting to wonder. They're starting to ask new questions. You picturing yourself living in that new vision and feeling it has an influence on people. They start asking and wondering new questions. They start responding to their challenges differently because something is telling them there's a better way. And those people are going to be led to someone with the solutions. You're not competing for anyone's business. You don't need to. You don't need to because sometimes those challenges that they face in their life, sometimes those challenges show up in their life to get their attention, to lead them to you. You have the solution, but the real reason for that connection is something else that you can provide them and their family. Greater truth, greater principles, greater leadership. Because as you know, it's about healing families. It's about strengthening families. It's about building confidence. It's about all of those other things that are secondary, but really primary to the purpose of what you do. 
So going back to that story about the missionary and the story about the headboard, there is something in common between both situations. First of all, there was a problem. She needed help translating what she was trying to say to the agent. Me, I needed a headboard for the room, or I wanted it. (laughs) And that's okay. In both cases, there was a solution. There was a solution. And it already existed. With the missionary situation, it was someone at the airport had a friend who speaks Mongolian. That was the solution. And that solution was brought to her because all the kiosks were full and he had to go out of his way to find one that was open. How did that happen? That was orchestrated. Believe. Believe. The headboard. (laughs) God gives good gifts. And he wanted me to know that these principles are true. And so with me planting that seed, he orchestrated it. He knew someone in that town had what I wanted, and she didn't want it anymore. And all he had to do was inspire her to just finally put it out the day I was driving by. It was orchestrated. You do not have to work your tail off. You do not have to go the extra mile. You do not have to go the distance. it's already trying to happen and we just have to get out of the way. We just have to align ourselves with it and it flows. So I was telling you about my situation. We're working on so many things right now and we have a goal that is physically impossible to accomplish even if I had nothing else to do. But I've planted the seed and I've practiced enough with this belief process that all I have to do, I don't have to be super intense on it. I just planted it, done, It's being orchestrated, and I'm going to go about my day. I have spent more time in the last three years learning how to cook, (laughs) focusing on my family, helping them with their homework, driving them to everything they do. Oh, goodness sakes, go to my Facebook page, and you'll see I put one of my daily schedules up there, and it's like every 20 minutes I'm in the car. I can't sit and talk business with people, you know, but what's happened is I'll send an email here or there where I can, and then I'm back to working on my lifestyle. I'm living life with my family. I'm doing the mom things I need to be doing. I'm spending five minutes here, ten minutes there, and choosing to believe it's enough. And what's happening is the right people are showing up, are bubbling up to the top. They're coming to me. Hey, I heard about this. What's that all about? They're coming to me. And so... Believe in your dreams. Believe in your vision. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And it's not all dependent on you. In fact, if you rely only on you, it's going to be really hard. And I am convinced that these goals that we want so badly are visions that we've been given on what's possible so that we'll put ourselves through the work, to try and fail and try and fail and wonder and ask and listen and open up to the principles that are there for us to align with. So I just want to wrap up by assuring you that no matter what it is you need, everything you need is being orchestrated for you. You'll need it in the middle. Just keep moving your feet. If you have fears about your abilities, if you have um, issues being self-conscious, 
then plant the seed again. Get a vision for where you're trying to go. Get a vision for how you want to feel about yourself. And by doing that, you're tuning into a higher level of thinking. It's like a radio broadcast. The solutions to all your problems are as a radio broadcast in the air. You know, like the country music station is in the air right now, even if you're not tuned into it, right? You turn on a radio station and you can tune into it. The more we focus on what things are as they are right now, and especially the things that we don't like about the way things are right now, we are tuned into a station of thought that gives us more answers that will bring us more of the same kinds of results. In order to tune in to the genius solutions, that unconscious knowing to say the right thing to the right people at the right times unconsciously, all you have to do is get on that broadcast of thinking and you do that by picturing what you want and feeling it as though it's yours. So anytime you feel doubt or fear or worry, just go see it again. Go get clear again. And that's going to move your thoughts off of that fear frequency up onto a belief frequency all over again. So we're out of time. Remember that you already changed everything about your world today, right now. And that's how quickly it happens. You just changed it. And so I'd encourage you to go about your life, go about your plan peacefully, calmly. Don't worry. Did it work? Did it work? Don't worry about that. That's going to be the kind of thought that brings you back down to the wrong frequency of thought that doesn't have those inspired words for you to say to the right people at the right time or the inspired thoughts that tell you to attend to your kids today. That may be the inspired thought that keeps you in alignment with participation in this whole orchestration. So you can do it. I uh, look forward to hearing what you've noticed, and you will. Pay attention to keep your radar up today for evidence that you changed something. And then write about it so that you don't forget. Have a great week, everybody. This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures. Heaven's Astonishing Help with Your Money Matters. All three books can be downloaded free at a rarekindoffaith.com. So tell your friends and join Leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life.